from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Things are starting to get tricky about going to camp, and there's a new face in the AFC. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host over at RGR Football. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Welcome back to the show. It's an interesting time. We're going to talk with Matt Derrick coming up here about a number of different things. First and foremost, Chris Jones and where we're at now as the time starts to count down towards his July 15th deadline, which is kind of the magic number around the league, as well as how this season looks like it might have to go. There are some updates, a couple of new wrinkles that we're going to check in with him about. But first and foremost, I just want to touch base on news that came out last night um, that there's a new face in the AFC. And that face used to be the NFC and Cam Newton now playing in New England. This is something that I got instantly a ton of questions about because of how it relates to the Chiefs' run at going back to a Super Bowl. And while I think that it's interesting and good for Cam, he's had a rough road in terms of injuries in the last couple of years. And I'm happy to see him get onto a roster. I am a little bit surprised it took this long, but if there just isn't a desire to sign a veteran out there, uh, it makes it hard to get it done. I can't say that um, there could have been a whole lot of interest, or I think we would have seen this before. Certainly this offseason with COVID has definitely changed things. Um, so it's good to see him get into a, a, a team, get on a roster where he can start to learn what they do. And I think it's an interesting combination. I'm going to talk with Matt about it here in a little bit. But just up front, it's something that the New England Patriots have had their time to go through their offseason and get prepared. They're definitely trying to keep up with the Chiefs, something that even Tom Brady couldn't do in recent memory obviously the year before that wasn't a problem but in trying to score points with the Chiefs relying on Stidham was going to be a stretch I always thought from the beginning and clearly I think they finally got there as well in going through an entire offseason but does this new acquisition really threaten the Chiefs in their run I don't think so because at this point Cam Newton has done any of the activities preseason he doesn't know any of the offense uh, he probably got handed a playbook or or emailed a playbook yesterday, and that's not much time. I think in the end, uh, it may be something that if he is fully healthy, he can rely on his athleticism, kind of get back to what he did when he was able to get out of the pocket. And that's always uh, a concern for a defense that has given up a lot of rushing yards over the last few years. And if he is not fully healthy, I think it's going to be a challenge to adapt to the New England way, but the New England offense in particular. We'll see how he and Josh McDaniels come together. But for Chiefs fans, I don't think you have to be too concerned about Cam Newton being the the cherry on top of the New England cake that puts them right back into contention. I don't think they're going to be there. I think it's going to be an interesting battle for Chiefs fans to watch the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots go at each other and maybe beat each other up a little bit. And that might be a nice uh, side bet there. But keep an eye on that. When we get back, we're going to talk with Matt Derrick about Chris Jones, where he's at, and what is coming. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use on important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30 50 or 100% more on the same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see the parts that are available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com and our perennial guest, Matt Derrick, is back. How are you, Matt? I'm doing okay, Ryan. How are you? Oh, I'm fighting. I'm fighting through the urge <laughs> to throw things at a lot of these uh, craziness that's being... We need, we need real football, don't we? I know, right? Like something to watch. That would be great. Um, I guess we'll just start at the top. And what is... I will say that I do agree that this is, this is the point where I'm going to start to pay attention for real. Um, because two weeks out from the July 15 deadline... It's where you would think some some grease might hit the wheels and you might get things going on the Chris Jones deal, right? Yeah, I mean, if anything's going to happen, I mean, deadlines make deals in the NFL. And yep. July 15th is the deadline for a long-term deal. So I never imagined that there was any scenario where if Chris Jones got signed to a long-term deal, it would not happen close to July 15th. And now that being said, it's not going to happen. So yep. relax. I'll be. You could knock me over with a feather at this point. <laughs> If the Chiefs and Chris Jones get a long-term deal done. <laughs> well, first, they'd have to speak, right? Right. They'd have to speak. The, the The economic problems of the NFL and the salary cap will have to be magically solved. Uh, it's not happening. You know, I mean, if if these two teams had anything close to an agreement, I mean, it would have been done a year ago and it didn't get done. And I do. I mean, I think there was a chance that had things unfolded differently. If we were going into a regular season this year to, with no problems. There's a chance it could have gotten done, but now at this point, no. I mean, the NFL shut down as far as long-term deals goes. Look at Cam Newton signs for a right. league minimum with a <laughs> bunch of incentives. I mean, that tells you all you need to know that there's no money going to Chris Jones right now. And yeah, you're going to hear a lot of reports. You know, I mean, we saw a bunch of them a couple of days ago. You're going to see a lot of people talking about, oh, there's no news on the Chris Jones front and. Chris Jones wants to be paid $21 million a year. Everybody needs clicks. So you're going to keep seeing these stories, but there's nothing there. I mean, neither side's negotiating in public and all the evidence suggests that there's been absolutely little to no contact between these two sides. And I, I got to believe that it's just simply that they both realize that there's just no way to get anything done. And even if they were close together on terms, the Chiefs are in absolutely no business position to be promising any long-term contracts right now, not knowing what the salary cap is going to be next year and not having Patrick Mahomes done yet. And they're not going to get Patrick Mahomes done either. Right. And then that all comes back to the cap. And what was it the NFL put out last week? I think it was uh, the expected shortfall could be, what, $3 billion? And if you yeah. divide that over 32 teams, you're talking about cutting the salary cap in half. Yeah, I mean, and that's why the, the the estimates on this have been so dramatic. I mean, you know, it's from anywhere to 
30 to 120 million dollars that if there aren't fans in the stands this year i mean they the bottom line is is that they just don't have a good grasp for what could possibly happen and on top of that they don't know what's going to happen with tv deals i mean i could you could certainly make the argument that in this environment that sports is probably going to be even more valuable in the short term because providers need content and sports is the best content out there and right now it's probably be the only place where you're going to get a live audience. So football has got a valuable product. But if the broadcasters and the streamers don't have any money to throw around, they're not going to be able to do it. So there's just so many X factors right now. And and when I say the Chiefs aren't going to get anything done with Patrick Mahomes, I'm just saying right now. I mean, they'll get a long-term deal done with Patrick Mahomes when they need to. But it's just right now, no, nobody's getting anything done. Yeah, and that that brings me to something. I talked about it on um, RGR this week. The concept of going to a percentage-type-based contract, how foreign a concept is that for the league in general? It seems like it's breaking new ground to me. And do you think that that's even in the cards eventually once they do have an idea of what the cap will be next year? Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly is. And it might be slightly less likely now just because we do have some uncertainty over what the salary cap is going to be. And as a player, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to agree to a contract that's going to pay you less money than you were hoping for. Right. I mean, it's, if you're guaranteed a certain percentage of the cap, the cap goes down. Well, you just lost money. So I, I could certainly see that maybe that that puts a little bit of the the brakes on it. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if there's something built in for that, you know, for this Mahomes deal. I mean, the Mahomes contract is probably going to set a lot of NFL ground. And as far as just dollar wise, probably guarantee. I mean, there's a lot of ways in which this contract is going to break ground in the NFL. And if it, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it ends up being the first one that's tied to the cap. But the first thing has got to happen is that you just have to have some expectation about what the cap's going to be and, and a settlement to the financial questions surrounding the league right now. And that really can't happen until we know what happens with everything else. So the fact that Jones isn't moving, that Mahomes deal isn't coming down the pike, that shouldn't be anything that for Chiefs fans who are really keyed up and of all years for this to hit, when the first time you get a chance to try to repeat, it puts a kibosh on some of it. Should they be overly worried about the chances of repeating this season uh, more so than any other? You know, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you look at everything that's out there and so much of it favors this team. I mean, we, we all believe that continuity is going to be huge this season and the chiefs have that more than anybody else. Having the best quarterback in the league is a plus The chiefs have that. I mean, they've got so many things in their favor um, I mean, I think really the the biggest obstacle that they might run into is just that if if this ends up being a season like Major League Baseball, where it's a condensed season, you don't play full 16 game schedule, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's just too many things that can and go crazy. And you know what? If the NFL gets to like baseball and some other other leagues and they start coming up with some crazy playoff scenarios where more teams get in or whatever. I mean, that's where I think, you know, you just worry as a Chiefs fan that it just becomes too much of a crapshoot. But if this ends up being an, an NFL season where continuity is is the biggest force out there, Chiefs are in great position. Yeah. And, and nobody has it really but them. There are teams that obviously have done a pretty good job, but nobody's got their, their team coming back the way that they have. And it's one thing to have depth, but I think certainly the starter positions across the, the, the gamut 
are where they have to concentrate on. And I really, I really think some of this is going to be an advantage for what are guys that played in a first year defensive scheme last year and guys that are just coming to the roundabout of the specific things that they can do in this offensive scheme. Uh, guys like McCole Hardman, obviously like Clyde Edwards Alaire, who will, who will jump into the fire, but uh, this really seems to me like the extra study time may play an advantage as well. It very well could. And, you know, and you mentioned the defense and that's, if you're one of these types that's like me and, you know, you, you believe that one of the big indicators of how well a team's going to do in an upcoming season is how well they do over the last half of the previous season. I mean, there's a lot of trends both ways. Teams that finish well tend to finish, you know, have good seasons following teams that start collapsing tend to keep collapsing in the next season. And the Chiefs, especially defensively, were better than anybody else last year in the second half, second half of the season. So I think that definitely puts you puts them in good stead heading into this campaign from a defensive standpoint. I don't know if they're going to be as good as they were in the second half of the last season, but they don't have to. They don't need to be the best defense in the league. If they're one of the top ten defenses in the league, they're fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I think they do benefit a little bit, and they would have benefited more, I still think, from getting these young guys out on the field. But the fact that the coaching staff has time to dedicate to these rookies, you know, they've had time to one-on-one work with a Willie Gay as far as getting him to understand the defense, working with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, to understand the offense. They've had time to work with those guys one-on-one rather than having to, you know, integrate other guys into the offense. So I do. I mean, I think that probably does give the, these rookies a little bit of a heads up this year. I, I'm really interested. When we get back, I, I want to dig into some of the other specifics. One of you already beat me to the punch on, so that'll be great. So for me, um, I was I was pretty startled by the Newton signing. And you brought it up that in this atmosphere for a guy of that caliber who has been very successful, um, clearly hasn't been the same athlete the last two seasons. But beyond that, um, I mean, that's his, his cross to bear. Everybody's got something, but this contract in New England is so bare bones. I was, I was really taken aback by it, especially what do you think that that tells you about the athlete himself? And what does it mean for the New England Patriots in your take? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, there are, there, you know, we'll see what the early reports bear out to be true. I mean, it's essentially been reported that maybe there was only one other team that was really interested. In signing Newton. And if that was the case, then yeah, I mean, this just, you know, it's supply and demand. I mean, if nobody else wanted him, then yeah, that's why how you end up with a contract like this. Um, it also could just be a perfect fit. I mean, you know, Cam Newton's going to a winning team. I mean, that's where you want to be if you're a quarterback. So if I was given the choice between going to New England or going to Cleveland and backing up Baker Mayfield, I'm going to New England. Um, and the, the only thing that really surprised me about it is just it's happening so late. It mm-hmm. seemed like if this were going to happen, that they would have done this earlier because the Patriots and Newton have missed out on a lot of time to be able to integrate him into the offense. Now, maybe that was just simply a matter of they wanted to give development time to Jared Stidham. They wanted to see how he could handle it. If they thought that he could handle this season. Maybe this is an indication that they don't feel like that's the case. And that's why they need to go out and get Cam Newton. Um, we'll see. I mean, this is very late to be adding a potential starting quarterback to your team. But at the same time, I mean, I, he's the best quarterback in the roster right now. Yeah. Healthy. And that's the big question. I mean, if, if Cam Newton is, if the foot's feeling good, if the shoulder's better, uh, he's, he's a playoff quarterback. I mean, he's a former MVP for a reason. 
Now, the question is just at his age and with the mileage, how much is still there? But I think the Patriots are a better team than they were a couple of days ago with his addition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with you, too. And I, of course, immediately got hit with all the questions. What does this mean for the Chiefs and them as an opponent? And it, it brings me back to, like you said, it's very late in the process. None of the even rudimentary offseason activities has he been part of. But again, he's run professional offenses. It's not like this is a rookie coming in. I'm very interested to see uh, what you feel because I would not have put this as a fit with Josh McDaniels calling the plays as it may have been in years past. How do you feel about it? Yeah, you know, I'm actually, I, I'm kind of probably seeing the upside a little bit of these two together from at least from a McDaniels standpoint, because I think it, for all his faults in, in Denver, and I, I think he showed an ability to adapt his offense to the quarterback that he's had. And I think he can do that. I think he can work with Cam Newton. Now, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, can, I think it's going to be the bigger question. Can Cam Newton adjust to the Patriot way? Mm. That I think is probably the bigger, bigger question. But I mean, as far as the upside about what the what the Patriots can be, I think the ceiling is probably what they were last year. Because I, you know, I can't even, I don't expect him to be a whole lot better than Tom Brady. He could be. I mean, he's younger. He's more athletic. They they could be more dynamic. And you know, there's a lot of questions about where the strength of Brady's arm is at this point in his career. I mean, the guy is 85 years old. <laughs> so you know, I mean, good. yeah. But the Patriots still have the same fatal flaw they had last year, which is there's nobody to catch the ball. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's why I don't see them being a huge threat. And we saw, I mean, fitting in the same theory, that when we saw the Patriots were not as good as second half team last year as they were in the first half. And if that's a trend about where this team is headed, then, yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're a threat to the top two teams in the conference, which is clearly the Chiefs and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see about Buffalo, but I mean, at this point, I'm expecting the, the Patriots to compete for the AFC East. I probably still expected them to do that before Newton arrived, just because they are the Patriots. They got Belichick. They got a defense. But I, I, there's a, I think there is a, a wider range of outcomes for them now that they do have a quarterback like Newton, that if, he's, if he blows up, if he comes back to the 2015-2016 Cam Newton, they're going to be a good team. Yeah, it should be really interesting to tell you the truth. And you're clearly more optimistic than I am. I, I see this kind of at at worst, again, if he's healthy, this devolving into um, trying to fit him into an offense. And if, if he can't get there, if he is healthy, at least he still has his athletic ability. He can break the pocket and do some of the things. And I said in the draft that I kind of liked Tua Tagovailoa going to New England as a possibility because of that changing, bringing a brand new athletic aspect to what has been going on in New England. Um, they have a couple of backs that they can rely on. That might be some kind of, of interesting twist, but this doesn't make me more nervous for the Chiefs and the path for them to try to repeat, does it for you? No, I mean, it really doesn't. I mean, it, I think it adds maybe just a little spice to that, that Chiefs-Patriots game. Um, it's a little bit more intriguing of a matchup now. But no, I mean, like, and like I said, I mean, I think the Chiefs and the Ravens are clearly head and shoulders above anybody else in, in the AFC. I think there's a second tier. The Patriots, I think we're at the near the top of that second tier before this. I think that's clearly, I, I would put them there right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think the gap between two and three in the AFC is a lot wider than the gap between three, four, five, and six. I would agree with you there. It'll be very interesting to see how they do with the Bills, because I think the Bills are on the way up as well. The Chiefs will see a number of these guys. 
And that's if we can get the season off to a roll. So we'll come back tomorrow and we'll talk about the logistics of how we're going to put this season together, how the NFL is going to get things rolling. Thanks for being with me today, Matt. And thanks to all of you for listening to us today. We'll finish our conversation tomorrow and we'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.